ultimately it's just a Barbra Streisand effect, isn't it? It's just a nightmare <laughs> for them and not for us. Like, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's very fun. Like she's cloned her dogs. Offline, Rob. We're still talking about the exact same thing. The moment you come back on again. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's cloned the dogs. Hello, welcome yeah. to the 40k Spice Center with your four, count them if you've got nothing to do, four hosts for the Spice Center, Mr. John Valdam, Tom Wonderkid, and Winner Logan. Uh, what nice. up? gang john how are you yeah i'm really good i'm not sure what the uh the name reference is but i'm yeah, just trying to have um, some fun in these not as fun times yeah man is that yeah. okay with well, you? i'm good yeah i'm good i'm just i didn't get the reference and normally references are my thing okay. <laughs> mm. right. so that's cool are you okay all right good uh tom yeah, how I'm are good. you <laughs> <laughs> uh how are you tom yeah, I'm fine, thanks, mate. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm kind of got to that point now in the week where I'm looking at my paint pile and I'm thinking, should probably get on this. So I've got, I've got my crag bro. Can't relate. I'm working on his armor. He's going to be finished tonight, hopefully, but I've been saying that for the last three days. So yep. tonight is definitely going to happen. Um, and I've been reading a lot of Eldar articles, knowing that every single model that I own is going to be busted as hell. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good, mate. Oh, is good. every single model you own indirect fire <laughs> i mean it doesn't it doesn't necessarily matter with the, the state of some of these data sheets that are coming up mate it's, uh, uh, okay it's a lot now my favorite personally i've always been a fan of void weavers i think they have you know always been great true uh, i've I'm got a, seven of those a long time void weaver player the um my favorite bit about tonight's show is probably going to be this next section where i get to ask logan how he is how his painting is going with his current project and yeah. how it's going to get worse adding an entire army's worth of miniatures to that pile. <laughs> I've, look, I've got... They've got three colours, four colours on. Pity they don't have arms. They haven't got arms or heads. <laughs> but the arms are magnetised. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The heads are going on separately because they're getting batch painted together. In, in yeah, how, how, Scrivo, how long have we got until Scrivhammer where Logan is going to be playing games? Yes. Um, that is the 16th of April. So Easy. he's got... Light work. Like six, six weeks. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that basically means he'll have painted another four bodies by then. <laughs> Easy, easy. And when we say right. bodies, we mean the actual torso. Not I'll the, be the everyone. Legs. I'll be everyone than ninety score. It's fine. Okay, okay. good, good. Sure, uh, sure. Look, cool. Looking forward to that. So, are you well? You've been a while since we've seen you. You've been keeping good. Yeah, I've been. Um, ironically, I've been putting stuff away in storage because I have too much stuff. So, thank you, Games <laughs> Workshop, for. Um, yeah, literally, no one that knows me was happy that I won that competition. Um, <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> it, was, it, it was a beautiful irony um, in that, firstly, uh, the last thing I need is more barren grey plastic in my collection. Uh, and also that it's got, like, no Blood Angels models in it, apart from the one box of Sanguinary Guard. It's quite amusing. Can, um, can, uh, I mean, can you one just... One person from Beyond This Wargamer got a mention on the uh, community side this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Logan. Can you just just because some people might not be aware, can you inform everyone of what we're talking about? Uh, so yeah, I was uh, I was one of the ten winners, especially selected. The amazing Warhammer Plus competition as a loyal subscriber to that fantastic service mm -hmm. um, uh, of 
an army of my choice between the Blood Angels and Gene Steeler cults um, off the back of the Angels of Death series. And, um, yeah, I was very surprised to receive an email saying that I'd won. I thought it was a, I thought it was a prank, to be honest with you. Um, but lo and behold, the order appeared in my Warhammer account, and uh, it's on its way to me now, which is nice. Amazing. 400 quid's worth of stuff. That's mental. That's mental. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Pretty wild. I'm, I'm, I know I sound pretty, like, nonplussed about it. No. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was really, like, really cool. Um, I just, I, I don't ever win anything really. So it was really, really nice. It felt quite heartwarming. Company was quite nice about it as well. I offered to post about it and they said, we don't really care if you want to post it, you can. <laughs> um, so once again, showing yeah. that they care about their optics and reach. No marketing required. It's fine. <laughs> it's, it's not done yet though, Logan, because uh, the only time I won a competition was actually an esports competition and they accidentally sent it to the prize winnings to a man in Stoke who then stole it. Fantastic. That's great. That's a great Plus story. Excellent. <laughs> well, I hope they don't send my beautiful Blood Angels army uh, to someone in Stoke. Hopefully it arrives to me here in Essex. Um, so I mean, that he, I can... To be honest, he lives in Stoke. He, he could have it. I mean, I feel sorry for him. He needs it. Yeah, <laughs> he needs Stoke, it. Yeah. <laughs> but I do have a Space Marine Codex and a Blood Angels supplement that will be immediately going back to my local retailer for... <laughs> some other product remuneration yeah for some yes. other product what are you thinking of getting in exchange i don't know i'm sure there'll be 15 books out by the time it arrives <laughs> you can get 15 books of that knackman sure. knackmond data 7 will probably be out by oh then. yeah the knackmond right so we haven't been because of mainly me total war and whatever else the fuck has been going on online for a while uh so it's gonna be super fun to catch up with all of you about where you're at what's been going on and then generally just talk about the state of the game as we see it from where we're at obviously none of us are yeah. none of us are x like top pros etc so you know a classic uh fun broadcast talking about whatever is is exactly what well, i'm not i'm speaking for myself is what i'm saying um and i'm really looking forward to it, especially hearing your guys uh kind of like take on what's been going on generally in uh the hobby the community when it comes to 40k because you know there's been some pretty spicy tournament results as well um mm. that's been going on so lots lots to kind of break down uh john i know you've been at some tournaments uh but other than that we'll talk about that more in a bit other than that what else you've been up to like kind of hobby wise what's been going down so i i've uh taken a slight break from painting warhammer i've been painting a superhero a knight basically Oh, so I'm nice. doing lots of Marvel Crisis Protocol stuff, which has been Show great off. fun. So yeah, it's, it's, they're really they're really easy to paint. So this little cabinet here is now fully painted. So That's amazing. Eight That's cool. out of well like twenty four of them done. So does this um, mean you've achieved equilibrium in a game? I'm almost to the point where I will have all of the game systems models I own painted. That's insane. And then I and then I'll, I just won't know what to do with myself. So then yeah, I'm that's buy insane. More. Yeah. So uh that's crazy uh okay that's madness Are you, like um but that hasn't uh dulled your 40k at no, the minute has no. it if anything i think it's helped that i've had something else to kind of paint and not feel like i'm having to paint for an event or justify painting something because it needs the priority because i'm actually going to use it as well so it's nice that i'm painting it just for the sake of painting it okay that's pretty cool that's pretty cool so, uh what about, good. what about you tom 
Uh, I've been playing AOS, mate, so I'm currently working my way through some Frost Sabres because uh, I've got those for Sheffield Slaughter that's happening this weekend. Yes. Um, I played a bit of AOS, obviously, down at, uh, at your place at a little one one day, didn't I? Yeah. Um, and I was responsible. In every game I played, Kragnos won. <laughs> so uh, yes. you could say I've got a 100% Kragnos win rate. <laughs> so uh, we take that. I did, do, uh, I did one shot a really big dinosaur. That was a lot of fun, although I felt bad doing it. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was pretty good. I haven't really played much 40k. I played a bit of um, practice with my WTC list. Yeah. So I've been developing that. Um, I went down to play cross to play with one of the Team England lads uh, a couple of weeks ago at his house um, and got to try out the new Natman missions. Um, I think they're pretty good for Gene Steeler Cult. Okay. I think very good for Gene Steeler Cult. Um, and I've updated my list. Uh, so I sat down and I thought, right, I'm going to rewrite an entirely brand new list. And then when I compared the old one and the new one, I'd changed about 300 points. So, oh really? Uh, That's quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 not massive, but um, yeah, it's uh, I've had a, a good couple of weeks, mate. Hobby wise. Okay, right. fantastic, Logan. Yes, sir. Hobby wise, how you been doing, my friend? Um, I have actually painted three times in the last two weeks, That's which is pretty quite good. a lot for me. Yeah. Like it's on an upward trend. Um. I need to find the happy middle ground between them not looking like shit to me mm. and being finished. So I'm trying, you know, I've got, I have the bodies of Vanguard assault Marines with four colors on. Mm -hmm. They look in a state that I feel is acceptable. They could do with some more colors on, to be honest with you. Um, but four's enough for now. Um, and I'm going to move on and finish the arms and finish the backpacks, slap the helmets on. And we should be good to go. So that'll be, what, <laughs> about a third of my army done. Um, that's fantastic, though. Still like, quite a way to go. Yeah, that's good, right? Like, let's be here and motivate you. Like, I think that's great. Like, I know that you like you don't find it particularly rewarding as a process. So, like, the fact that you're getting it out there and done, like, is, fa is fab. Like, I'm stuck in that twilight of I used to be good at painting. I no longer have the control that I used to. Right. And also can't bring myself to churn the bastards out as well. So. Have you uh, considered playing custodies? <laughs> Spray them gold, you wash them, you pick out a bit of trim. I actually hit max score on Battlescribe two days ago writing a Shadow Keepers list. It was the first time I'd, I wrote a list. Um, there you go. And I maxed it out. 2K, first time of asking. Um, no questions asked. Straight back, on the nose. Yeah, How many is. models? You pull that bad boy out. It's fine. Because that's the other thing, right? Because you could exchange their space marines for those. Yeah. Hey, Shadow Sun. Hey, chat, by the way. Uh, thanks for anyone who's listening to this uh, back on the podcast. If you're interested. Yeah, I'm interested. Please go. Uh, one Inquisitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, one Alaris Terminator captain, one captain on a bike, Trajan, two units of custodian guard with um, sword and board, unit of prosecutors, two single Alaris custodians, so that's just a nice single box of three that I need to buy, um, two Galatus Contemptor Dreadnoughts. Very nice. Three Wardens, two abuse bodyguard. Uh, Vexilus Preator with minus one to hit flag. That's a banner fella. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and two Caladius Grav Tanks. 
Oh, exactly two thousand points. Uh, that's pretty. That's pretty good. Like, are you thinking of potentially uh, speed painting it? Um, possibly. Okay. Possibly. Why don't I you? Mean, do, why don't you like? Why don't you just do like that element? Why don't you give yourself the 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 army you want to love and spend your time painting, and then just mm. fucking gold spray, dry brush some like like fucking. Can I can I be honest with you? Yeah, the yeah. shit that I'm doing now was meant to be the speed painting <laughs> shit. That I don't, uh, yeah, it was meant to be. I own this uh, this army that I want to play. I own it like three times. Wow, wow. Okay, four I, times. I, I have a problem. Okay, at least no, you know they didn't that. send me any Vanguard veterans. Unfortunately, oh, I don't know what kind good. of Space Marine army they want me to make. It's got a heavy, good one. It's got heavy <laughs> intercessors in there. For God's sake, I don't know. I, I do um, like them. Yeah, I own the <laughs> I own this army three times as just built guys that are grey. I own this army in Space Wolf models, and I own this army in Blood Angel models. Yeah, I genuinely have a problem. Mm. I need help. So Please when when Nikos runs an army as like a a custom scheme, so that mm. he can run it as any chapter he wants. <laughs> Yes. The Logan equivalent of that is not painting it as like one scheme that can be used as anything. It's just about painting three entirely separate armies. Yeah. <laughs> no. So I just wanted to also have like a cool looking Space Wolf army and a cool looking Blood Angel army on display, which I understand that I'm never going to have. Why don't I'm deluding you, myself. Why don't you try the Slapshot method? The what is the Slapshot method? Dry brush grey. Dry brush grey. Dry brush white. Add contrast. No, I'd look at it and no. hate myself. Yeah. Look You're... at it and hate myself. And also, I don't even need to do that. I could just do zenithal spray. You could do zenithal spray. I promise you, even faster. You, you, even faster. You say you're going to hate yourself, but I think these are the best minis I've ever painted. Okay. Right? Which isn't saying much, but I know John's seen them and Tom's seen them in person, and I think they look pretty good, yeah, Tom. All right. At the moment... Being the best army I've ever painted is a wide open category. That is a category that has not been that... contested in the last 10 years. I, I did see your drop pod space wolf army. When did you paint that? Or did you? Yes, I did paint that. I hated myself okay. doing that as well. It was done in exactly the same way. Um, what edition was that? Sixth or seventh? Sixth. It must have been. Was it twenty thirteen? Twenty thirteen. Fuck me. January. Ten year anniversary. Real question, yeah. Logan. Would yeah. you would you go to a gaming event where there was no painting requirements? Yes. Amazing. It's the only gaming event you can go to. Well, <laughs> give a chance. Yeah, I mean, yes, that's true. But like, I more mean like. No like, lies. Uh, how like how 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 um. Look, I love painting and I really want to paint. I just have issues that I need to fix with myself. Mm. That's all it is. <laughs> Honestly, that's that's literally all it is. I, I recognize I have a problem. I don't need more things. Thank you, Games Workshop, for enabling me uh, and making the problem worse. Mm. But oh. yes, I, I genuinely want to really want to and i'm tr and i'm making more time i've painted three times in the last two weeks that's fantastic though you've got this have you, have you um, ever considered yeah. just getting someone to battle ready do the basics for you so you can just focus on the again i feel bits 
I'm just thinking of solutions rather than kind of perpetuating it. But like my ASD one, just it? puts these weird yeah. rules in my brain that I yeah. can't like let myself. Yeah. Although, yeah, although yeah. like, <laughs> I could, I can then argue that you know Leonardo da Vinci had people you know paint the backgrounds for him, didn't he? He did. Yeah. 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 He did. Michelangelo didn't paint the entirety of the Sistine Chapel. He had yeah. people that helped him out. That comic art behind you had some uncredited flatter do all the hard work in the background. I mean, there's no background on this. No, no, like the actual colours, just the, the flatting of it. Okay. Doing that in the, the, the literal background, I meant as it might. Because you oh, do so that, John, right? You flatten it. images. Yeah. yeah, it's really not fun. I don't miss it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, or the solution to everything is I can start making loads of money again and pay mm. someone to do it really nicely. Yeah, there's and that. And then go around to loads of events and win Best Painted Award and not tell anybody. Because <laughs> apparently that's a thing. What, not uh. what, not telling anyone or doing that? Not telling anyone that I didn't paint it myself. Oh, like, why wouldn't you just Until tell someone event, yeah. and, credit, and credit the artist? That seems weird. Some might say it would be a legendary thing to do. You need to be a legend to do it, right? What? Yeah, yeah. Some I feel like we're not all me. alluding to the same thing, just no one's actually saying. I just, <laughs> well, I just like not saying. It I like that. I like that. I have no idea at all. Like I'm like, <laughs> what? There you go. You do it. Is, is this because Rob's stuck between a rock and a hard place? <laughs> oh my god! I hate you. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it was the um, the SM Battle Reports Legends event, didn't? Um, the guy that won best painted. The flesh terrors were a commission painted army, and they won. Oh best no, painted. not that one. There was another one. There's another guy as well that goes around. Well, yes, oh. obviously we all know that um, Siege. No, no, it was Fletcher's. Fletcher's yeah. painted the flesh terrors he, for. He's now hired full time. <laughs> the, the, so. the the greatest army list writer in all of content creation. Um, uh, but there's another guy that goes around and does that as well with a really nice um, commission-painted army from Poland. Really? Yeah. Mm, okay. Some uh, lovely Harlequin bikes and such. Okay. Well, I, uh, by the way, there's a, a chatter, Tom. Tony Montana. Hi, Tom. Just want to say thanks for your yeah, comments. Yeah. You made me give an advice after you play my demons for the team tournament. Yeah. I think it must be Matt, who I played um, round five at um, Northern Warlords, who was the guy who I said um, helped me out with the uh, the white ink and the Slanesh Demon Flesh. Okay. And he, took oh, nice. a, he took like 20 minutes. White half ink an hour. is brilliant, isn't it? He, made, he took so much See? time after the game just to help me out with painting methods. Yeah. What's white it's ink? It's so, oh, so clean, like for just edge highlights. And he was solid as well. Like, I think, as I mentioned on the other show, I think he might have made a mistake after thinking about it more with like bunching up the, the demons, but I get why he did it. Um, but it was also one of those where it's like, yeah, maybe it would have been a little bit more tricky for me to hunt things down. Um, but yeah, I uh, mentioned it on the show because I know one of his teammates was a listener, uh, just to pass that on. But yeah, he was he was a gent. It was really good. Hope to see him. As I've said in chat to him, I hope to see him at a tournament soon. Uh, in response lad. to Jog PLC in the chat, who said, "Yeah, but it's the best painted army. It's the army that wins, not the person." The prize support certainly goes to the person, not the army. So there's that. Yeah, but mm. that's that's he's just being smart. You're just like a new unagi in the system, aren't you? You're just like, like, no. no. So it, it, you think a best painted should go to a best painted of the person who painted? If you didn't it. paint it yourself, you should be disqualified yeah. from the best painted. Yeah, personally. Okay, that's. I mean, I think I agree. 
like as someone that can paint to a somewhat decent standard. Otherwise, it just becomes how, like can, how much effort it is. Yes, it's just yeah. a who's got who the can most, the best commission. Who's got the most yeah. patrons, basically? <laughs> yeah, that seems fair. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I agree with you guys on that. That's pretty fun. Okay, um, mm. so just talking about sorry to derail for the first. 20 minutes <laughs> no, I, no i think I, that's I feel good bad every time i come on and we spend so much time talking about me not painting my army it's no i like hearing it the inside every person listening there's someone out there who's like me too logan me fucking too i can't be yeah. asked with this like that's super <laughs> fair um uh talking about tournaments talking about oh. tournaments that's been going off recently and the meta um it's looking pretty interesting, or is it? Like, is interesting a strong word? Tom, have you been uh, have you been keeping track, particularly of the results? So I've been keeping track of it, but not in the same way that I was last year with Dracario. I just like, haha, this is hilarious. I've been keeping track of it more of a so a, a rare thing has happened this year, right? Yeah. Um, in terms of it's, not, it's something that hasn't really happened since 2019, where um, in fact, I think this is even faster than 2019. I already know which faction I'm playing at WTC. Okay. Um, so what I'm already doing is I'm just looking at everything through the lens of how does Gene Steeler cults do into this army on these boards? Right? Okay. So when I look at custodies, I don't look at it in terms of, oh, there's a 74% win rate or whatever it is right now. Mm. Um, or this guy's playing in his first event and he's four and out going onto the top table in round five and he's playing custodies. Um, it's, <laughs> it, it's more aggressive. Okay how does that intersect with like my team because this isn't a case of in 2019 it was a little bit different because i was on team wales for the first time um and we had um simon weekly who's now the captain of team wales aos mm. uh we had eric hoger uh we had a couple other guys as well who were like kind of you know they were more they've been part of team wales for a long time and so they were kind of like leading up the entire oh this is what this faction does this is what that faction does uh, i i want to pair like this well is this time it's going to be me doing the pairings okay so it's kind of important for me to stay on top of it so everything i'm looking at it is isn't just oh this is just a bit silly and it's someone else's problem to work out how to fix it and they'll tell me what to do this is me having to work it out as i go right um so i've looked at custodies i've played a lot of custodies practice um i went around to my mate's house in um have a situation played a practice game as well um and i lost again but not quite as badly as i thought and i thought there were some external factors which uh, which changed it a little bit as well so in terms of what I'm looking at, I'm looking at Tau and Custodies and trying to work out how I deal with them as Gene Steeler cults, or even whether I do or not, right? Because I could build a list that loses to those factions and just say, hey, I'm going to work it this way in, in pairings, right? Hmm. Um, so with, with the Tau thing, I think there's been a little bit of... With these things, there's always like mitigating circumstances, right? Uh, we saw this at LVO with the old Custodies. Um, was it new Custodies? It might have been new Custodies, actually. It's new Custodies at LVO. But yeah, where that guy got to the top table and um, play a place terrain by sticking a piece of terrain in the middle of a board and walking all the stuff into the center, right? Mm. Um, and we had... Uh, Scriver, were you at Beachhead Brawl? Yeah, that's one of the two okay. I've been to last two this, weeks. This might be one for you to talk about then, because yeah. um, I know a little bit about... Um, obviously, Alex won that event, Alex Harrison. Yeah. Um, and Scriver, they were using player place terrain, right? Yeah. So essentially what you had to do is you split the tables terrain in half. It was the foreground, like, terrain pack. Um, and basically your half of the table, you had to deploy half the table's yeah. worth of terrain within the restriction of, like, yeah, they couldn't be within four of each other and three of the table edge. Mm -hmm. But other than that, that was all the kind of limits you had. So you could really try to model it to your own advantage and 
like you wanted to, obviously. Um, yeah, but then depending on missions, it was then you were specifying it so that it suited the mission as best as you wanted it to. Okay. So it was okay. it was quite an interesting experience because like I'm traditionally finding at the moment when I use a lot of orc buggies, terrain often hinders me quite badly. So being mm-hmm. able to model the terrain so that I had better routes in and out of where I was hiding, much right. more useful. It was so nice what you were doing is then when you when you had the terrain and it was your turn to place, I take it you alternating. Right? You alternating, yeah. Uh, yeah, you were just basically trying to create zones where you could move your buggies more freely. Correct. And that then if I couldn't necessarily, if I didn't want to hide myself in the next like ruin, that the way that the ruins were positioned, they had to then come out of their comfortable areas to get any line of sight at me. Mm. So, okay, which, which is which is okay. kind of like how player-paced terrain has been sold as, uh, you know, a back and forth game that allows you to run specific styles of lists and uh, another element of player skill which opens up options for you in terms of dealing with with matchups specifically do you think that's that how that's, it's been do, do, us, do, right? do you think that that's what it does well we'll hear about what actually happened um, <laughs> in the next part of this story <laughs> okay okay so who's get, telling it john you telling it into that oh no tom's telling it so, Tom, go for Alex it. was playing Tau, okay? Mm-hmm. And Tau, uh, I like to refer to them New more, Tau. at least it with the old book. I, I used to like to refer to them as Codex Gun, mm-hmm. okay? That's because they like to shoot you. And so having a lot of line-of-sight blocking terrain on the board isn't necessarily a good thing for Tau, right? Mm-hmm. Specifically, um, if it's in the center of the board, it's a bit of a problem because, you know, that's where it blocks most of the stuff with like angles and what have you. That's where most of the objectives are, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm a Tau player... And I'm uh, I'm asked to deploy half the terrain. I'm thinking, how can I make this terrain um, as l- little impactful as my opponent, least impactful as possible? Mm-hmm. Uh, how can I oh, get around this terrain as m- much as I can? Mm-hmm. What if I uh, took the terrain and I placed it at the far edges of the board as much out of the way as I physically can? Right. Yeah, I, I, uh, I assume that would have a have a big impact upon the amount of space my opponent has to hide yeah. around the center of the board. Now, uh, luckily, we don't have to uh, theorize on this because this happened. Okay, all right. And Alex <laughs> killed everyone with his guns. <laughs> so he just didn't try and block line of sight. He just moved it to the side. Well, if you're a, if you're a shooting Perhaps. army, you want to play on planet bowling ball, don't you? You but do. Yeah. If planet bowling you ball, you put the railings at the side. Yeah, exactly. Just, <laughs> so there you the go. safety rails, you mean? So he's the safety bowling. rail has been moved directly out of the way. Yes. So you're there's no gutter balls. You're just bouncing, air bursting fragmentation projectors. Messing. Now, we, ha- we had a bit of a discussion off air before we were going live, didn't we? Where Scriver made the point that uh, I think a lot of people make, yeah. which, uh, oh, well, uh, if you have player place, place terrain, then it just um, it just is another thing that favors yeah. the person who's, who's better at the game, right? Now, firstly, if it did that, it'd be great, okay? Yeah. Because I want the better player to win every single time, right? Yeah. I want a balanced game. The problem is... Am I suddenly the better player because I take all the terrain, stick it to the sides, and shoot you in the face? No. 
Well, yes, yes and no. You are, because you're going to win the game. And that's, that's the goal, right? <laughs> Only if you assume that the game is always won by the best player. Only you're a you smart man for doing <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, you're a smart yeah. man the for problem, doing it. The problem with player place terrain is that you are giving players power over the environment and players will use that power in ways in which you did not foresee. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is why codexes need to get patched and we have FAQs and erratas because when you put things out into the wild and hundreds if not thousands of people's brains are all ticking over and working out how to get the most that you can out of the sentences on the page that you've handed them and said, this is what you're allowed to do. People will come up with very smart ways to get more out of it than you thought that they could do. And this is one of those instances. I'd like to see that. Absolutely. Because it's stress testing, you know, it's uh, Alex Harrison for all of the um, clouds that hang over him is a very good fucking player. Uh, And he's a very smart man because, you know, Manny gets a lot of the attention at the moment for turning up with abusive nonsense. But Harrison is equally, if not better, at finding abusive nonsense and turning up with it straight away. Um, He had those. What was the the stupid thing that he had in the past? That fucking Forge World speeder that was, you know, the the, um, line speeder storms at the start of the edition. Um, yeah, it I'm wasn't the storm. It was the it was weird the one that had armor over the top of it, and the guns didn't work. And yeah, like and, twenty yeah. inches and stuff. Yeah, you can't Bonks move fast. through. It moved blocked, and the guns were fucked and everything. And he just yeah, oh, fuck it, tempest yeah. shit out of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks, chap. Uh, and he's just a he's just a smart man. Um, yeah. What is a good player? A good player is someone that wins a lot. I think that's what a good player is, um, because as as Tom said, the good player doesn't always win all the time. The best player doesn't always win, but a good player will win more often than not. Um, and if you can consistently win, you are a good player. It doesn't matter what list you're taking. It doesn't matter what rule set you're playing in. If you're consistently winning, no one can argue that you're not a good player. Yeah. yeah. I, I think you can go a little bit further and say, like, for example, a good poker player doesn't necessarily have the best hand every single time. They don't have mm. the best hand more often than other people. They just make more out of their own resources and their own, like, their own situation than everybody else will, right? Mm. Um, which is why I value, like, um, so for example, different ways of building teams in WTC. It's like, I like to lob my best players directly into the horses, into the, like, into the fucking Grind. worst situations, right? Mm. Because I, yeah, because I trust them to get the most possible out yeah. of that situation, right? Now, that's not how every team operates. Sometimes teams just build around those players and say, hey, you're going to get a 60 points between the three of you every single time, right? Mm. Which is fine. Um, but it's just, um, it's about how you define winning. I don't disagree with Logan's point at all. Yeah. If the win is getting the, the trophy at the end of the tournament, I suppose, is probably the way. I can't believe that he moved all the terrain. That must have been amazing to witness the I'm, other person's face. I'm a little, really like, yeah. I'm a little curious how face. he managed to make that much of a difference, though, because there was still distances you had to have between the terrain, and it was a very full table. But if, so, but if you can remove like three or four bits of ruin yeah. from the center of the board, mm. yeah, 
Yeah. Because <laughs> the issue is, right? So it's the lowest. He probably put the lower ruins in the middle then, I'm, I'm imagining. Yeah, so because you want to... slash woods to one side at the you back. You want to hit something in the middle and consolidate into something that's yeah. going to protect you a little yeah. bit. If there's nothing to consolidate into, then you're in the middle of the board and you're going mm. to get picked up very easily. And how is this? How is a book with lots of Norse line of sight shooting anyway? But you don't want to be leaning on it with everything you have, right? Yeah. Like you don't want to have to be firing like against all units that are just in line of sight blocking terrain, right? Yeah. Um. So limiting the number of units that can go into those kinds of things, big problem, right? Also, there's a lot of like mentally inbuilt defensiveness in lists because you know you're hiding it behind some terrain, yeah. and mm. when it's not there, you're like, oh, oh. This this guy thing can move fast, but not fast enough because there's just there's just an open space. This is shit. <laughs> yep. um, that's very funny. That's good. Uh, uh, hello to everyone in the chat. Thank you to Jose, Jose Da Vinci, Jose Da Vinci, for raiding us for the first time. What up? Uh, hey there. Welcome yeah. from Spain. Uh, Jose Da Vinci Miniatures, a painting channel. Hello. We're also Sweet, yeah. a painting channel mainly. Absolutely, it's just, it's just at glacial speed. <laughs> Global warming happens happens quicker than Logan's painting. Yeah, that's what he's saying. And then everyone else here isn't <laughs> everyone else here isn't painting forty uh, k. So like, it's kind of like between all of us, all of our forty k painting hopes currently rest on Logan's shoulders. So uh, yeah, hello and welcome. I hope your stream was good. Thank you for being here. Please do go follow the Spanish streamer Jose Da Vinci. Uh, which would be good. Who we mentioned earlier, uh, I think. Have I said yeah. that right? Yeah. He's a really good Spanish yeah. painter. Ha wow. Yep. Okay. Uh, hello. Work. Really good. Mm. Mm. I haven't, but good. I'm glad you're here. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to look him up. Yeah, let's look, it, let's look him up. Can I, can, if you've got an Instagram, you can link us to, and then we'll all go check it out. Um, I'm also hearing that you're lovely, which is great. Uh, let me hold on. One second. While you're doing that, just on the um, player place terrain thing, I think one of the other points that we brought up before yeah. um, we went live yeah. was the logistics, right? Yes. Because one of the reasons why you have player place terrain is because it's, it enables players to, to set up terrain without having to actually look at a map, right? And we've got this habit right now of a lot of TOs saying, right, start of each of your rounds, can you set up a terrain, please? And I totally get oh, it. Wow. Absolutely. He's very good, isn't he? He's yeah, very, he's very good. good. <laughs> he's very, very good. Holy uh, shit! Are you going to get some on the stream there, Rob? Yeah. He's already on there, baby. I saw his um, I saw his face painting tutorial a couple of days ago, and it's like that's amazing. Yeah, uh, he's uh, really, really good. Yeah, oh, he's got a he's got a sensational Abaddon on there. I mean, his red gobbo is near flawless. It's beautiful. Oh, nice! I love a red gobbo. Aren't they good? Yeah, super dope. Whoa, look at the goblin on a... Is that... What is that? It's a hyena. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. Snow bases, that's fine. You paint the mini great. You can get away with a cheeky snow base if you can't be asked. <laughs> wow. Rude. The fucking audacity. Can we introduce you to the slap chop <laughs> Uh, anyway, thanks for tuning in. I hope you're super well. Um, <laughs> yeah, so what were you saying about the issue with the terrain? We're talking about well, 40k I mean, and we're talking about player pace terrain. Yeah, we're talking about 40k and we're talking about how at all events, what you're doing right now is you're turning up to the table and you're asked to set up a board in terms of how it corresponds to the map for that specific mission because boards aren't homogenous across all missions, right? Um, 
so you end up with a situation here where you don't have to look at a map, you're just setting up the ter terrain between your opponent. But I, I think it got me into talking a little bit about setting up terrain at the start of rounds anyway, not just in terms of player place terrain. But one of the things that I experienced is when I got to um, a table, what I have to do is, is, is so much around the game stuff, right? If you're going to ask me to set up my own table, um, that's fine. But you have to provide me space to do all my other stuff, right? We were talking about custodies and Tau and Necrons and Gene Steel Cults and all these books, right? But mm. all have some kind of ridiculous out the game minigame. That doesn't mean it's a bad minigame, it's just a minigame, right? So when I get to a table, right, and I see there's no spaces between the mats, and I'm like right next to the person on my left and right next to the person on my right. I need somewhere to put all my stuff. So I've got my army on my tray. I've got my bag full of books because, mate, it needs to be a bag full of books at this point. I've got my KR case that I turned up with. I've got my you know, all, all that kind of stuff, right? I then need to get out my sheets so I can then show what's in underground, what's in ambush, and what's like on the table, right? Mm. I then need to get my secondary cards out. I then need to go and write down my secondaries. I then need to sort out my primary and work out like who's scoring the primary proper and who's scoring the primary bonus points, right? There's so much outside of the game stuff that you you need all this extra space around you and especially at the start of the game when you're talking about things like catters and protocols and secondary objectives and you don't have anywhere to put your terrain right mm, yeah. it's just an absolute nightmare to start a game at this point there is so much pre-planning you have to do yeah uh the med so john you were at some events like uh i'd like to hear more about the events themselves but so, um... tell me about the mental load so for me, the, uh, the the biggest thing, so kind of moving on from what Tom's just said. So at Beachhead, yeah. they were doing the player place terrain. It was seven rounds. So imagine you're playing back-to-back -back games. You get to your table. There's a foot between each table to put the terrain, your army, and everything. And then you've got 15 minutes to deploy the terrain, do all the pregame stuff, then start your game. So at the beginning of a game, you're literally just going, right, I've got 15 minutes to make quite critical decisions about the terrain, my secondaries, and learn what their army does. I guess that makes it quite stuff. easy if all you have to worry about is how far away I can move all of the terrain from the middle <laughs> of the board. Yeah. It's another layer of genius. Yeah, yeah. And the reality of that, I found that if a player was less experienced in the game or hadn't really read the pack about the terrain, all they did was duplicate what you were doing almost in a mirror. It, so it was almost like there wasn't a point to it. May as well have just had a map at that point. Fool's mate opening. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh my god, it's a bond cloud banter. Oh my god, he wait, Alex has bond clouded forty k. Yeah, that's no one. Maybe no one else is on the I bond don't know. cloud tip. <laughs> I, I've seen the bond cloud, but uh, I know what the I bond mean, cloud banter is. actually a legit strat. The, bon, the, the bond cloud. The bond. The bond cloud is. Uh, I mean, someone's done pretty well with the bond cloud as his own, as an opener. Yeah, but that's not because of a bond cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Logan, bon the bond cloud is no the best thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I, I think well, when you play forty k anyway, right? Well, you, uh, if you're a worse player, you can lose the game three ways before you even start the first turn right with player place now because you can you can write a shit list you yeah. can deploy it badly uh, and now obviously you can fuck up I your think player place terrain mean, go on secondaries 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. And I've I seen did so many of those. <laughs> deploy scramblers, mate. It's disgusting. Are we still? Are we still beating that drum? No, no, no. But my point was made, and it was accurate. So get yeah. fun. <laughs> all right so so like so but the play is player place terrain like fairly new it's an american concept yeah. right like mainly because they have is, events yeah. that are so big yeah. that it's impossible to yeah. to organize is the is the warhammer event circuit doing player place terrain as well no they're still doing great big giant perspective spaces yeah and they're making so. you place it i believe right yeah. They make you but, place it? No, they yeah. place it, but they're not fixed maps. Um, they're they're like right. in a vague space because Mike Brandt said he didn't want players to be able to um, precisely measure out their first turn moves um, before they even get to the board. Basically. Tom's pulling the same face my face is pulling. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> what? Oh. Yeah. I mean... Will having vague... No, it's not about that, is it? Clearly. It's clearly about, I can't be bothered to measure out every single inch of every single table. Hey, listen, I'm just relaying the message. <laughs> I know I'm just saying. But now you're in the pocket like, of Games Workshop. We can't trust think, anything you say. I've taken, I've taken <laughs> the grey coin. Yeah. The grey coin? <laughs> the grey coin? Toss a coin at your bitch, you <laughs> the great yes co- daddy games workshop send me more <laughs> oh my god the gray coin is my favorite new thing ah, i see he's accepted the gray coin um <laughs> um uh going to watch a gt this weekend it's player place train says uh dan uh that's interesting um uh yeah like it feels like a, a, another unnecessary amount of faff on the tabletop in a game which has been voted as 80 percent in a poll i did on twitter 80 percent too complicated to play of the people who uh who announced well, that. 40, it's, it's not even complicated in a good way yes agreed Absolutely. Uh, we were talking about this before we started as well, uh, myself and Tom and, and Screwboy. We were talking about this before we started in that Games Workshop are adding more and more and more and more options uh, into the game. And they are often either irrelevant options or bad options. Mm. They are often poorly constructed options. And to add more on top of that as a TO... Uh, as FLG have done with the player place terrain. Um, it just adds more complexity to a game. Listen, I understand the the purpose of player place terrain in an ideal world. It allows two good players to play against each other and potentially mitigate some of the disparities in the randomness of pairings so that you don't, you know, you don't need a sideboard to go into your bad matchups. The player place terrain is meant to be your sideboard. Yeah. Uh, to go into your bad matchup. Oh dear, I'm playing against Tau. All right, well, let me put the terrain in a way in which I don't get shot off the table turn one and turn two, uh, and we can make a game of it. And obviously, the counter to that is what Harrison has done. Uh, and it just, for everyone else, it just, it's more decisions to be made in clunky ways that are often poorly explained uh to tournament goers that often don't read the rules pack anyway mm. let's be honest that's true and that, that goes across the board that's not a 40k thing that's not even a tabletop gaming thing people don't read the rules for fucking anything ever so um that's very true 
that's very true uh yeah interesting i mean like it would just feel like a faff to me and i would feel like uh, the stress of uh, me doing it wrong when i've got loads of other 40k things to remember in my head can i ask you a question rob yeah yeah please baby because i've seen pictures of sigma boards yeah 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 <laughs> okay. and outside and outside of providing special rules mm. within realms does terrain do anything at it, all in like so like rules as written absolutely not um yeah. like but like like you 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 super correct like it's it's currently a huge there's a big bitch at the minute like in the community because a lot of the the top kind of meta builds are very shoot heavy you know mm. you know and 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 i you know like laughably wrote a bunch of one of the things i was very excited about about when age sigma 3 came out was i was like i'm really hyped for terrain rules because say what you like about everything else we feel like the keywording for terrain for 40k maybe could be looked at to be like a slightly bit better but it's pretty fucking good for like and it does it does develop a meta you know like you got yeah. a lot more jump pack infantry and you know like cavalry's not as good you know all that other kind of conversation mm -hmm. around yeah. it but generally and you know and also as thomas said previously if you need terrain because your game's so fucked before you even put any stuff down probably look at that first but mm. um ultimately like i think the terrain rules were pretty cool like like pretty effective you know mm. whether or not that effect was intentional but i think the ninth edition terrain rules are an enormous improvement on almost everything we've had previously yeah that, and that doesn't mean that they function properly but they're better yes it, and it feels oh. Go, no, no, you go, John. Go, go I was going to say, to me, from kind of looking at Age of Sigmar from the outside, I always look at a table and think that it feels like I'm watching a 7th edition 40k game play out almost. That the terrain is almost just there for the sake of it. Like pre-ITC like boards, just the fact that the terrain essentially is just there on the table. It didn't didn't feel like it had a purpose almost. Yeah. Because for you guys, it's like you just shoot over stuff anyway, even if it ignores... like. The, the stupid bow guys that just shoot over the train anyway so yeah so yeah, so you're abs you're all absolutely right but there are many tos um uh like um me for instance um uh, cabbage who does all of the 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 um age of sigma stuff for for zach's kind of like uktc sort of series um uh, uh blood tithe uh, a lot of the events quite nicely so at the start of seventh sorry at the start of third edition because there was no terrain rules i basically wrote a terrain pack which which yeah. was basically keyworded stuff lifted pretty much straight from uh 40k and, and put in and they get used fairly often the problem is no one's really making any effort to necessarily produce the boards to also mm. have those keywords in effect but the situation is not dire but there's a lot of like outreach so it'd be nice to see that get changed but like i i have some pretty dense boards at the arena because mm. Uh, like very funnily, Matt, who helps me with events at the arena, which I know Tom and, and John know, and uh, Logan, you might not know as well. But ta ta uh, Matt's hilarious because he's an Age of Sigmar boy. And anytime we do a 40k event, he's like, "There's so much fucking terrain, Rob." And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> there is." He's like, "He's like, my Age of Sigmar brain can't handle this. It's just too much. It's just too much." And you much. think that now that you've moved away from like ranks of blocks of troops, like you used to have back in the old world, that you'd be able to play around more terrain and move through things and it wouldn't be a ball lake uh, and they would introduce more terrain to Sigmar perhaps. Mm. 
Age of Sigmar moves exactly like 40k. It's exactly yeah. the same movement exactly. mechanics, right? So, like, yeah. you know, there's so no reason why you couldn't introduce more, yeah. 100%. I guess one of the major issues is, like, what does that look like? You know, in some ways, like, a lot of, like, ha battles happen, like, it depends. Like, I'm super fortunate because, obviously, with the printers and, and the arena, I've been able to make myself some very lovely boards. So I'm kind of, like, spoiled. In loads of different ways um but like i mean 40k feels i mean whenever anyone comes to play here i always get compliments on the boards and they're always like hc more or 40k and they're always like oh rob the, the boards are cool i'm having a great time i mm. don't know about you guys but i feel the the terrain rules are pretty good like maybe i just don't play at the level where yeah i just don't play at the level where maybe they and uh, we just and we, i mean again the, we've got the terrain rules are good mm. but it does create a meta and the yep. the the balance the balance in reaction to that meta doesn't seem to be there. Okay, that's because fair. you are not you're not punishing things that can exploit that meta or boosting things that can't. And those yeah. things get left completely by the wayside. And then the things that can exploit that meta, like infantry with fly, indirect shooting, yeah. Um, yeah. anything like that, is at a premium, but it doesn't generally get... Things get adjusted because they're showing up quite a lot mm. in certain factions. But, yeah, it's not it's not reactive in that way because oh. I don't think they understand why those things are showing up a lot. Um, You've just solved a conversation I've been having all day, so thank you. You're right. Mm. You're right. It, it, like, because it, it, you're right. It's, 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 the, it's the units that turn up, which, they, which are generally more of an issue, than it is, uh, like, what is actually good, right? And you would think that the good stuff actually turns up, but, like, sometimes that's not necessarily the case that's solved a convo i've been having today the mm. um uh like yeah like i mean oh, i don't want to tell you like for me personally it feels feels okay but i wouldn't do player place terrain but i think that's a problem again like i've talked about previously with just large-scale tournaments i feel large-scale tournaments just suffer because they don't have the event staff because they don't pay a price because you don't you don't pay a price right you don't someone doesn't say to you oh hey by the way you're going to have to pay this much money because I need three people who are going to rotate terrain every round. I've got like two TOs and this other stuff. Like, you know, you're like, okay, it's 80 pound for your two day 40K ticket. And someone's like, no, no, no way. You're like, well, we are, I mean, and this, this takes us into the esports this realm of discussion yeah. wherein like that shouldn't be coming from the players that should be coming from, the sponsorships yeah. and mm. corporate partnerships and that kind of thing and we are still in the infancy of that being the case um mm. you know whereas big conventions type events are able to charge 100 quid or whatever for for a ticket or even more so for things like the lvo they're, and they're getting thousands of people in so they can afford to to hire um staff and judges and table watchers and such uh just because it's degree of scale we're in that kind of weird middle ground where there's lots of things we need and we yeah. can't afford them because the the economy isn't really there even though it's yeah. a company that's making fortunes and we're spending a lot of money and everyone like there's a lot of money floating around like no broke people don't play warhammer tournaments 
that's not really a thing. Um, but we're also not in a position where everyone can afford to, all the COs can afford to have adequate terrain for every table. People can afford to hire spaces in which tables are not put in portrait mode um, and we're playing cheek to cheek with no walkthrough space uh, down the down the alleyways. Um, we, we don't have enough staff. Even with streaming solutions, people are cheap on streaming solutions. There's, um, there's, 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 um, you know, I'd like to see tables recorded and then broadcast or uploaded afterwards with analysis from people. That would be great content as well. But people often don't have the money to record tables two, three, four, and five. Um, Loads of things that we could do, right? to do an analysis desk type shit for 40k yeah i'd fucking love doing that man yeah but just the sit there and we'll just there. go table to, yeah, yeah and who's going in between to an hour in between rounds just to talk about the games that have happened i could go about on about that for an hour easy well that's one of the that's one of the well. that's one of the goals for wtc is to have an analyst desk in yeah. between well, i'm not doing that so. well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> i'm available my know, day mate. rate is 1250 pounds okay i'll offer you one set of marines that i've got that i've already painted which is literally worth gold to you Ooh, yeah no, worth more than <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> uh, uh right with hotel etc for your tickets look at 200 pounds i probably can't afford that more once this year says so for morty listen Listen, uh, I completely yeah. understand the conversation you're all having, right? Like, support your local gaming stores and make them be a better place to play other than, like, <laughs> weird uh, catcher, like... Uh, um... Hang the tables vertically. Play games on both sides. There we go, yeah. What like, Magnetise all your bases. Magnetise all of your bases. Yeah, that's good. Like, <laughs> like play it... on sheet metal <laughs> hanging on chains. Mate, what if we booked out a youth hostel, right? And you know how they have, like, the bunk beds? That we was the original plan for the T-Sports Arena, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Double bunk beds. A table on the top bunk and a table on the bottom bunk. And you play on the like, little ladder that you go up the yeah. fucking... Yeah, and I, the ladder have wheels bed. on like an old librarian, you know, when you go along the yes, road. Yes, slide across it's it, like, singing like that a That sounds too film. convenient and expensive. <laughs> yeah. I reckon, I reckon yeah. I could turn those tables into bunk beds. They're pretty, they're pretty solid, or at least a bed. Uh, but I reckon... Look, throw in, throw in a bunk bed. A bunk gaming bed. As part of your ticket. Yeah. Yeah. You can sleep underneath the table as part of your ticket for we... an extra twenty pound a player. Don't be daft. No, that's silly, mate. Here's what we should do. Weirdly, Once I think you could. You get a Greg's hotel. <laughs> all the surplus bunk beds we're never going to use again, because next time we're going to have a different sized bunk bed. Could oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. Yeah. I honestly, uh, honestly, I'm like saying to fish now in my head. I'm like, well, maybe we build bunk beds. I'll message him anyway. You've already see. got bunk beds. Yeah, but bunk beds in the arena. <laughs> Don't put fucking bunk beds in the round arena. top. Imagine if you walked in and there was a game table and you like there was a bit of a ceiling. Also perfect because a bit above you can install lights and your camera. Yeah. Do you know so what? you've got a Actually, rig. That would solve the problem that I had at my first ever tournament. <laughs> you really needed to sleep after. What was it? The Tau shooting phase. It was the... No. Tau? Tau didn't exist. Tau? I went Not to... old, Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I'm older than every single person in this call right now. You're prettier. Uh, Maybe. Look it. I went to the first ever 
Games Workshop Grand Tournament held at Leicester University. I can't well, remember what year. Leicester, it was. Yes, it was the only tournament ever that I'd ever seen advertised. It was the first ever Grand Tournament. I took a third edition Chaos Space Marine list. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was fucking shit. <laughs> the list or were the using, event? Were you the, using the White Dwarf the list. melee rules? I, who, who fucking knows? I can't so remember good. what I did in last week. <laughs> Not painting, I can tell you that much. I did. I painted he last did. week twice. He did. I have, you know. Um, first day was great fun. You know what I remember the most of it? What? They had pre-release minis on sale. Did I they? bought Space Marine Scouts with close combat weapons. Yeah. Metal, metal cast. Ones. Yeah. Pre-release. Three packs. So that's, so that's before they even came out. That's amazing. That's how long ago this was. It's never died. Yeah. Yeah. They're still, they're still in a bag somewhere. <laughs> in the blister. <laughs> Not painted. Not painted. <laughs> um, they didn't come in a blister. They were pre-released. Did you never buy pre-release minis from Games Workshop Mail Order in the early 90s? Oh, how was it? Well, I don't remember the second day because I f- didn't wake up. Why? I just fell asleep. And uh, never woke up until like three o'clock in the afternoon. Missed so, completely, missed the second day. But if I was in a bunk bed above in the, the arena, <laughs> I'm not missing day two. Are you saying that the first ever Games Workshop tournament, Logan bailed on day two? Yes. Amazing. <laughs> All the good players I was do, in, right? I was they in the student win. accommodation asleep. How about this? My friend who I went there with came to my room and banged on the door and so did one of the other staff. They both banged on the door to try and wake me up and I slept through that shit like a fucking champion. <laughs> Woke up at 3pm I was pissed off at everybody. Why didn't you wake me up? That's amazing. That's so I good. missed the whole of the second day. So I am the innovator of ducking out. <laughs> good. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll take that. I've up the levels now. It's Scrivo knows because I duck on day one as well now. Yeah. Every, every event. I'm always looking at sort of who am I playing against this weekend? And I go, oh, are you coming, Logan? And then you go, I've got a ticket for that event. <laughs> oh, okay. And then he drops within about t- 20 minutes. <laughs> so, uh, look, so talking about events, John, you've been to some events recently. Do you want to talk us through that? Yeah, so I'll quickly go through Beecher because we've touched on the terrain. Mm. Um, so it was meant to be a super major, but because of the, the stuff that's going on in the world, there was a lot of dropouts over the course of the weeks leading into it. So I think they ended up being at 180 players, I want to say it was. Um, it's still quite... Yeah, so they needed to be over 200, was it? 256 isn't it 250 i don't know either way they said they spent an emails basically saying about it so um and then do you think that made <sighs> even more people drop i don't think so because it's only the, the day before um oh. but i think a lot of people were already considering dropping out because they'd bought the tickets april last year just as we we're coming out of the last uk lockdown and it's like yeah i'm gonna get me get me to a super major next year and it's this whole kind of optimistic logan approach of like i'll buy a ticket i'm gonna to totally be ready for that yeah and then they get did close I have a to ticket the day for that go, one, John? i think you did probably did <clears throat> but yeah um so it was down in bournemouth 
right by the seaside, which was really nice because outside the windows you could see just a raging storm and the sea. It was really quite quite nice. Um, it was actually in a giant big uh, war games show at the same time, and there's about oh, four awesome. or five different events. Like there was the uh, South Coast Great War, I think yeah. Great War, which was quite nice to see because I literally went over and went, I know all of you people. And it was really nice. So I saw Owen Jackson was there and Ooh. a few of the uh, youngsters that are often up at the TSN arena the for the signal stuff. Yeah. All that went out too late and didn't make it to day two. No, they did. <laughs> um, um, my first game was against New Town. Yeah. I'd not experienced it before. Um, the player was this lo- lovely guy called Henry. Um, he knew how to play Tau quite well. I didn't really know how to play against them very well. He stayed back and then shot me to death, basically, before I could even get anywhere near him. I think I panicked a little bit, to be honest, as well. So in, in what way? I moved some stuff a little bit forward in ruins, and he then just jumped out, shot the shit out of them. He got to the point where I think it was turn two, he had a devilfish on my home objective. They piled out of it and shot the living snot out of the grots that were on there. And I was basically like, cool, that's the game. And it was, it was a rough start to my tournament. So I went and bought some Marvel figures. <laughs> I consolidated myself. I was like, I'm buying, buying some X Men. Screw this game. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So I thought, cool. This can't be any worse. Game one, I faced one of my the boogeymen. I thought that that'll be all right. Game two, paired into Empress Chosen Custodies. Sorry, can I can I just ask you a question before we yeah. talk about the Custodies? Yeah. Is it generally considered that Tau are pretty fucked, or they're just okay? They're pretty fucked, yeah. Yeah, it felt like they had all the tools and the mobility and the quality of shots. I just I just went, if, I, if I'd backlined my stuff, he could have moved forward through the terrain and still shoot me. Unless I'm literally out of line of sight completely and far away. I just, and then I'm not playing the game. You've got a, a triangle of power um, yeah. with Tau, Custodes, and Crusher. Yeah. Um, you're seeing less Crusher now, but yeah, all three of them are pretty fucked. And then below them, there's a bunch of stuff that's still fucked. Like I think GSC are really fucking good. They are. You just actually need to have a brain to pilot them. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> Admeka's still really good. Drakari are just completely overlooked because they're still f- like five nerfs down or whatever yeah. it is. They're still fucked. Yeah. Um, Death Watch Army of Renown is nonsense still. Bro, what happened to Sisters? Um, they the FOQ basically said no, you may not. Um, <laughs> they're they're being held together by the bodyguard rule. I think at the moment, they are, yeah, like literally that. Um, and then they're going to be in the shit. And they liked being two sub-factions as well yeah. a lot of the time. Indirect fire just absolutely fucking ruins that ruins this faction. Just, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. I can't see you, but you're still a toughness three model with one wound and a three-up save. Is it sisters? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, interesting. Um, but yeah, at the moment, custodies are the training wheels of 40k. Hmm. Tower really good, and it got multiple builds, which is pretty cool, actually. Like, I like Tower Sept and I like Farsight builds, they're both pretty fun, they're both just as fucked as each other. Mm. Uh, there's it loads was, of it builds, was Tau Sept of... I went against. <laughs> there's loads of Crusher Spam, uh, Crusher Stampede builds that are like really diverse, which I like as well. Um, but Custodes generally all look the same, pretty much. 
at the moment. Interesting. Unless you're playing Shadow Keepers. Uh, yeah. Like a real hipster. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, because uh, I, I was interested about that. Like, oh, I mean, you're about to talk about Custodies, John. Um, yeah. Tell me about the experience. So, run up to the table. It's this nice uh, lad called Timo. It was yeah. his first tournament. Oh, yes. And I had to what did he finish up as? Oh, I don't know. It, it was quite low down, unfortunately, oh, I think. But the game was close. Um, the fucking narrative. So I spent a lot of the time... Say <laughs> finished a lot of the beginning two. bit explaining um, how the terrain placement went. So again, that 15 minutes went very quickly. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, I was having to remind him of his rules because he'd not played the new book yet. And it very much felt like a lot of the time it was my game to lose. Okay. Um, thankfully, I did have some kind of good spiking rounds with my two packs of um, death copters. Yeah. Which really do like shooting into custodian infantry because if I, if I get something through, it's a dead dude. So, um, so it was it was a close game. It was ninety seventy nine to me. So that was my first win of the tournament, which e. I was pleased with. But it was hard because trying to shoot a Telamon and one of their contemptors with orc shooting. It's hard work. <laughs> I mean, that, that was your mistake, Scriver. It was after I killed most of them. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was, it was a good game. It taught me a lot about keeping my distance from the custodians as well. Okay. And I was take, I took uh, psychic interrogation because I put a word boy in my list just to kind of get an easy secondary in. Um, he had a unit of sisters of silence. My squig buggies got them down, got them down to one. Mm. And then every turn he tried to do it, I think one turn he succeeded on denying. Otherwise, I just kept going. Because when it was down to one of them, I just, I focused my fire on other stuff. I didn't I didn't feel I could just waste my squig buggies on that. So it was kind of funny, this, this sort of mini game of, are you going to roll your, are you going to deny me with it? And it was just funny because it just, it didn't quite pan out for him. But yeah, it, gave, it was a nice, it was a soft version of playing custodies, but at the same time, I still had to work my ass off for it, which says a lot about the book. I think that a guy that had not played it before could still score seventy nine points. Really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, John, you're like beating the numbers there, beating custodies. Got to be pretty chuffed. <sighs> yes, yes, and no. Because I, I feel if I was playing someone that had a bit of experience with the book, even just a couple of games, might have made the difference. Um, <laughs> if they if they played the army once. Might yeah, have been I feel so because he he really seemed to be struggling with some of the court. Like he was forgetting things like his catters and stuff, which is part of the new version of the army, really. So yeah. um, then for game three, I went up against Drakari. It was this lovely chap called Tom. Um, I think I played him before at an event, but he didn't recognise me, and I was just like, cool, whatever. Um, he had kind of a, a blend of coven with one squad of witches and stuff. It was all very what i expect to see with a kind of a dracari list and he had um a big archon's court that came and kind of just sat in the middle the of the archon with a force okay, yeah. and a goal. yeah it was just and the one limb in yeah it was the running kind of what i expected to see and i couldn't quite grind through it um and i it ended up being 97 65 to him it was game three and by that point my brain was just like okay i just need to stop they um for beachhead what they'd done is because it was a seven round tournament they gave you the option to drop a round without penalty, and then you could get re-added in the next round. So for the game four on the Saturday, I just went, nope, I'm, I'm noping out of this. I'm going to go have some dinner and get some sleep. 
<laughs> oh really? Can, can we just talk about the absolute sheer madness of holding a seven round event on the yeah. south coast? Yeah. So it was a two and a half hour drive to the south where I live, which is actually quite relatively central. I can get there quite quickly and that's still not that quick. So some of the people that were had traveled down had traveled like my so, first opponent, he left at five in the morning to get there. Madness. Well, I mean, it's it's not even necessarily about that though. It's like, okay, let's say you play seven rounds, right? Yeah. What time does the round seven finish? Uh, it was done by half six seven. Okay. Right. Wait, what? How? Yeah. There was because it was uh, round one was on the Friday. Okay. Oh, okay. So, oh, right. so a lot of us dropped round um, the round one, and then you had four on the Saturday, but you could have a line if you'd done the round one on the. Friday can and I, then three games on the Sunday. Can I so, make a statement? Well, I just, oh, go, no, so go, it's, Tom, it's Tom, you seven. go. You go. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. I'm just uh, checking how long it took me to drive from my house <laughs> to, to just Bournemouth. And that's a four hour drive. I went on Friday night. <laughs> You're mental. Well, can, <laughs> I, can, I, can I make a statement? Yeah. Never going to play seven rounds in my life. No. Not one time. No. Like Two and a half hours for me. Yeah. Like six was enough. I can't do more than six. Is a struggle. Why are we not doing so, five? Why are we not just normalizing? Why is it got to be seven hundred? Because everyone rounds? needs big events for the points, Rob. Oh yeah, I forgot. In twenty twenty, no, for the points, you need to. Everyone needs to play a certain number of rounds. Yeah, for the points. Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. Imagine just like I mean, not even having fun, just torturing yourself you, you for do a random need table. Six, though. Like, even if you're bracketing after the first two or three, like, you do need six. Yes. I mean, I, I guess it's not aimed at me because it's it's aimed at, like, a specific demographic of people who want points, right? But I worked this out in 2020 because the first Beachhead Brawl was going on in 2020 and they were really marketing it hard. Yeah. Um, I had a choice between going to the Belgium team championships with Robbo and Ramsey and those guys yeah. or going to Beachhead Brawl. And it was easier for me to get to and from Belgium at the start of the pandemic in a storm, because it was Storm Dennis at the time, than it was to get to Bournemouth. <laughs> yeah, that's got a lot to do with Obviously. the UK being fucked. <laughs> Just a little reminder to everyone, the only way that you can ever make um, city-based transport better is public transport and not anything else, especially never underground tunnels requiring electric cars. Always important to remember if you got the opportunity, is that aimed at a particular billionaire? <laughs> it's particular just one? important to remember <laughs> that if you talk to any city planner in the world, yeah, and England's basically a large city at this point, public transport's the future. That's the way to do it. I don't know, like there's only one can... part of this large city that the city itself actually cares about. True, that's true. And it's inside a certain ring. <laughs> what about um, what about if I used Uber helicopters? <laughs> Drones. Is that a thing? Carry me Uber helicopters drone. a thing, yeah. No. Uber helicopter. Yeah. I'm using it. Uh, uh... Oh, so if I Google Uber, Uber copter, the first thing that comes up is Uber copter London. So it's a thing in Logan's country, but it's not a thing in our country. Yeah. Apparently, Burgermeister Times says New York City has a lot of uh, Uber heli. Yeah. Can I get that for Uber Eats so it actually arrives within a reasonable amount of time? <laughs> it, it, was still, still, it will still get there in 90 minutes and the flies will be on the bottom of the bag. So, well, <laughs> John, was that all of your uh, games? No, I had uh, day two, Rob. I made it to day two. That's rare nowadays. Rare. Well, all right, that was that one time, Rob. 
Okay. So, I, 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 my, <laughs> so round five on Sunday morning, I played Sean, who hey, I believe got all that way Tom, to play you. Yeah, Tom. Tom's all friend that. Sean, who plays Chaos Demons. So he had Bellacore and three. Was no, he not playing in... his Ultramarines? No, you're norm... there's a northern guy called Sean Plant that you know? Oh, no, I know Sean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when He's... you say He's... Sean, I... there are no. so many Sean. No, no. Yeah, yeah I know Sean. So, um, He's a good so he had, he had Bellacore, uh, three Keepers of Secrets, a big blob of pinks, some demonettes, some flamers, and some brimstones. Scriver, we had him on stream round four of London. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. It was it was a very tight game. Um, it came down to one fucking demonette. So I I made that critical error where I did my charge, then moved around the table and saw one demonette on the objective in a ruin that I'd forgotten about from turn one, but I'd killed all the rest of the unit. She kept the opsec on it, lost eighty six eighty five because she was on there <laughs> that last turn. Fucking west. So wow. fucking livid. But I'd made the charge. You won't fucking it, do that again, it. will you? No. So I now, I'm Tom Laytoning every table now. They're like, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah. I'm just just you checking doing? every corner. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Where's yeah. the demonette? <laughs> I'm just looking for these fucking demonettes. They're not even playing demons, but I'm looking for them. Half, half, the, half the trouble of being good at 40k is muscle memorying the things to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that, if, you can, if, you can, if you can autopilot yourself through the right things to ask, then you actually have the mental freedom to make smart choices. Is there, I've got a question. Why not get away with not learning the rules? Is there, yeah. is there, is there some like resource somewhere in the world where like it like these are the questions you should ask and learn by rote? Did you include it in your handbook? I did. My handbook was meant for forty k and Age of Sigmar, so it's less, yeah. it's less fat, it's less specific, right? Okay. Like, like, because I mean, I think that they're probably the same across both systems. In 40k, I would definitely ask a lot more than Age Sigmar. Does anything yeah. make me fight last? That feels yeah. that feels very yes. prevalent. Yeah. Right. Um. And in 40k, the, one the, of the other questions. The, go on. The questions change every three months for 40k yeah. as well. Mm. Um. Depending on <laughs> what rules Games Workshop yeah. wants to put in every. Can you switch off any of my implants? <laughs> yes. That's this week's one. Yeah, <laughs> how do we feel how about much line that? Of sight shooting. How do we yeah. feel? How do we feel about them giving away ignore <laughs> invuns everywhere? Um, it doesn't really matter as much as you think it does. Okay. Um, because everything dies anyway in forty k. Yep. Um, ignoring invuls just invalidates a few units in certain situations but not in others so it just makes your matchup chart a bit swingier in those occasions yeah. like if 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 ignoring involves was a huge huge deal everyone would be playing borkan and not tau sept yeah. um mm. you know but it's nice to have you know you're going to stick the ignore invol on your um your, your bike captain in custodies because it's a really fucking useful tool. He wants to go yeah. and hunt characters and big things. They generally have invulnerable, vulnerable saves. Um, but like you don't see people spamming ignores invulnerables in, um, in Tau. They're spamming out of line of sight because it's the shit that you actually need to win the game, yeah. to win the missions. So, um, it's not like giving everyone obsec or uh, like fights last is really much more annoying. 
um, in a lot of instances. I mean, to, to me, it's just another example of, of bloat, right? Because when I look at a yeah. rule, that rule is there to serve a purpose, right? When I look at the core mechanic, it's there to serve a purpose of these yeah. are the core units of my army, and they are going to get served. <clears> by <throat> yes. And then when that gets completely blown out of proportion, it ends up creating a big nesting if clause that ends yes. up taking you down a ridiculous route that you should never need to go down when you've got all this other stuff to deal with. It, the same it, it seems to be happening a lot this edition, yeah. and it's not a new thing, but it's a lot this edition in that they have they had a, like a set of mechanics that they kind of spread out with everyone in the first few codexes, mm. and now they're onto the iteration of, well, we ignore this mechanic or we circumvent this mechanic. Uh, and it makes everything more complicated than I mean, it needs to be. Invulnerable saves themselves are an example of this, right? Yeah. They are. I have a save, unless I have this AP, unless I have an invulnerable save, right? Yeah. And yeah. all you've done is you just had an extra layer underneath that. Yes. And then there's going to be even like it was going to be even more, right? And then you get to the, like the the realm of transhuman physiology, and it yeah. just becomes a complete mess where you've yeah. got four or five levels of nesting to determine whether or not you get an armor save, yeah. which is a massive problem in a game. Which, which you has then so go many... into the damage reduction and yeah. uh, feel no pain. and pains. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Which is there's nothing worse than playing a game. <laughs> going, oh, I've got. They're like, oh, is it like Ramshack? I'm like, no, it's it's the other version of the minus one damage, just the, the flat, just minus one damage. Yeah. Oh, the fact mate, that it's, even, it's even minus now, one damage so. if you are strength eight. Yeah. yeah. It's just there's another one. Right. It's another question it's you have to ask one. your opponent. Like every time they shoot you, like, so what was the strength of that gun? Wait, I mean, we were talking about this because I was talking about <laughs> the counting so for magic in the chat, right? Yeah. Um, in our WhatsApp, and you were like, oh, and we have access to, to minus one damage, and you were like, yeah, but minus one damage is strength eight, <laughs> and I'm like, no, actual minus yeah. one damage. Yeah. Because you have to check. Because you have to it's check everywhere. all the time. Yeah. Interesting. I can't assume rules in 40k work how I think they're going to work because no, there's yeah. exemptions to everything. And this list of questions that I'm asking becomes invalidated because there are things that invalidate the mechanics that I'm trying to think of. Like, yeah. am I in range to be charged by your unit? No. But I actually have a rule that means that I can move twice or I can move further or I can do this, I can advance and charge. Okay, I've got to ask you, so important. can you advance and charge? Yes, yeah. I've got this, and I'll ask you that. But you know what? Fucking Gene Stealer, Colt, sorry, Force of the Hive Mind, and Nids have got the double move um, ability, so I need to think about that. Am I going to ask, if, if I'm going around asking, do you have advance and charge? You'd be a bit of a cunt if you said no, but... I can double move. Like if you didn't so, tell me that you could double move, because clearly you can see why I'm asking you, but you wouldn't be wrong. Just, well, just you'd to answer continue my question this, honestly. though, right? Like the question that you ask is, do you have any way to charge this unit turn one? Yes. And now if I'm an asshole, I can go, I can't, I, it's not fair for you to answer that question. Right. But because this game is just so full of mechanics, you could sit there for about 10, 15 minutes and ask about every single permutation that may allow you to advance, to charge yeah. that unit turn one. Right. Yeah. Or I can ask you directly, is there a way for you to do this? Yeah. And then they can answer it properly, right? Yeah. It's like um, Robbo had a game at a tournament a couple of weeks ago, right? Um, I can't remember like the exact scenario, but it was something like um, he moved a Dreadnought and said, oh, are you happy that my Dreadnought can see, or some kind of unit said, are you happy that my Dreadnought can see you there to shoot? And his opponent said, oh, well, I'm, uh, I'm not going to tell you, <laughs> right? What? So he kept like... Or Come how on. far do I need to move to shoot this unit, right? <laughs> and so what he kept doing was, he, his opponent did that, so Robbo started just like shunting it like a couple of millimeters at a time and then repeatedly asking, right? <laughs> because 
And he was well within his rights because, like, either you can just tell me how far I need to move to be able to, like, out of this ruin for me to be able to shoot you, or we can play this game all day. Yeah. And it's about the social contract in the game, yeah. now, right? Because there's just on, so much it has to be there. We're on clocks for a lot of this as well. So, yeah. like, like, we can all be cunts. Like, it's not hard. Like, <laughs> I am one. I'm going to move it a millimeter and slap my <laughs> clock, and you can tell me because it's on the onus is on you it's now. It's on your time. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, this game is such a mess that 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 contract we need to we're almost role playing the game like we have to play together to make this game work yeah 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 i agree i used to be i used to be of the opinion a few editions ago that if you're a tournament player and you want to win you should know all the rules mm. like don't ask me the books are out there like I... you can get the rules and look them <laughs> I up try. There's no way I'm saying that now because <laughs> no, it's like people that play these armies for, for like a six month period don't know all the rules yeah, and they're, they're playing the faction. Even just in your own faction, <laughs> I've, I've started making little one sheet, little cheat sheets for myself because at the tournament I was like, I'm playing a different sub faction to the one I played the week before. What variations do I have in this? And it was just for my sanity. And I could go to my opponent. Here you go. If you want to read over this anytime, it's here at the corner of the table. Because otherwise, I'm not going to remember all the traits on which one unless I actively go and stop for a second and think. Because if I've got two biker guys, I need to make, make sure I'm certain, don't I? Yeah. Bonkers. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I, I agree with you guys. I feel, I feel like 40k is very intimidating at the minute to me as a player. I'd like to play this year. It's one of my commitments to play this year. I'm looking forward you to it. In April. How the uh, fuck do you play this game if you've not played it for like a decade? <sighs> do you know what I mean? Like these kids that are turning up and they've been playing for two years on TT. Like maybe like it's they're on TTS. They're talking to people. They're being walked through it. You have that environment, but like if you if you've never played before and you just stroll into a shop and you speak to a friendly <laughs> Games Workshop staff member who sells you a combat you patrol fuck. and a couple of boxes, uh, and you and you think, yeah, I'm going to play this game, you can't even write a fucking list. Yeah, me, I was in Discord trying to work out how to write a kill team list the other day. Like now I need to yeah. learn that game. Oh really? That's you can a do very some kill team. Yeah. Mate, I'm going to um, the Warhammer World Kill Team event with a couple of mates in uh, a couple of weeks' time. Oh, fun. Is that the, team, is that the team's one? Yeah, 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 the three-man yeah. team. That's going to be fun. I've never played that game in my life, but I'm going to do it. It's good fun. It's different, but it's, I'm playing it tomorrow night. Mate, I enjoyed writing the list when I worked out how to do it. <laughs> yeah, I think... Get uh, some commandos, top tier. So how did your event end up, John? Um, I had two other games as well. Oh, tell me about them. So... Uh, game six, I played a guy called Matthew Jarvis, who had a beautiful Grey Knights army. Um, it was probably the first time I played Grey Knights since um, Innes Wilson pushed my poo in at Battle of Britain. So it was, uh, you chose it was nice going back. To... Your fault. Yeah, jump, I jumped on that uh, grenade, I believe, was the, the terminology we have to use. You were for thrown that. onto that grenade by Adam, yeah. mate. Let's not beat around yeah. bush. Yeah. It was like, you're going to lose. Let's see how much you can not lose by it. And it was like, cool, 20 now. Well done, John. Yeah, so it was a really interesting game because I the last time I played Grey Knights, it was very much there was still quite a fresh book. And I felt them quite intimidating because of all the kind of shenanigans they could get away with, all the movement kind of stuff. They are they feel very detoothed already. Oh really? Yeah. It felt like Yeah, the sub faction having really one sub faction limits them and then they're they've still Marines. Got, they've only got two decent data sheets in the whole book, realistically. Yeah. I mean we did call this a few months ago, right? That yeah. the one sub faction thing would kill it. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I mean, you can take the librarian that shits out more wounds. That's that's maybe three decent data sheets in the book. And yeah, they're just really expensive marines. They do. They're less survivable than custodies, but want to be survivable like custodies. Yeah. Is the way my brain went. I went. If you're playing something to be survivable, you wouldn't be playing them. You'd play custodies. Honestly, the nightmare of trying to write the rules for all the different power armor must be like, I, I bet, come on, there's no way they don't sigh. They're like, yeah. Okay. Oh my goodness, yeah. Can we only wound on fours or like, we're going to have like, to minus on. one damage? Like, that's got to be like, oh, another, <laughs> another unit of power armor, bros, let's go. This well, is gonna be you, a... don't have to, you don't have that problem with Grey Knights because they're at least they're their own book, right? So you can... Yeah, thankfully. Like... The fact that they're all in power, like, who gives a fuck whether they're in power armor or terminate armor or not? It's a three-up save or a two-up save, and, like, yeah. that could be Exarch armor, it could be whatever, like, doesn't matter. It's Ooh. it's a three-up and a two-up. Um, the issue arises in just, like, where, where the faction fluff meets what's actually good in the game, and do they have units that are driven by the fluff to have the abilities that are actually good in the game and how efficient are they pointed? That's yep. basically where you're at mm. pretty much. And if they do spam the shit out of them and then yeah. profit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that ended up and Grey being... Knights were in a position where they had uh, interceptors that yeah. were grossly underpointed, uh, had the ability to go through things and move quite far and they had loads of cool obsec abilities, and they shit out damage, and Dread Knights were good, and you took five of them at least, and let's go. Uh, now you can't take five of them. Everything costs a bit more, and you're going to get shot off the table, and there's another faction out there that is more survival than you as well. So, yeah. Yep. Interesting. Go, go in that pen over there with Death Guard. <laughs> oh, Death Guard, man. I feel bad about that. Yeah, it's awful, isn't it? Um, so that ended up Death Guard got a rolling team. It was, it was, mm. I didn't absolutely cap out my score, but I felt quite comfortable in that one. Um, my last game was against Necrons, which was a bit of a Please. surprise, actually. So it was the everything's obsec, and more importantly, I hadn't faced the um, Void dragon yet ever so playing a list that had the void dragon and i was like cool this is quite intimidating and i fell for the bait completely i spent too long trying to kill it oh really and and th th everything being obsec was a challenge because basically my limited obsec because i was playing with commandos and storm boys and that was my obsec and some horrible gits grots so I had very limited obsec, whilst he had everything basically was obsec in his list, which was a challenge. Um, that was only 86-81 in the end, so it was another close game, which I actually kind of didn't mind losing that close, because it came down to essentially not holding one objective for a turn-ish. So I don't mind losing like that when it doesn't feel like I've just been outplayed or made some stupid mistake. So. You just, you've, you've, it's just like, it's just what happened. Yeah, exactly. It didn't feel like I'd absolutely cocked up and made a stupid thing like leaving a demon out alive. So at least there was there's something I probably could have done differently, but it was still nice to kind of end the tournament going, cool. Yeah. But it was good fun. Um, I don't think I'd ever play a six-game event that's two and a half hours away. Again. Again, in any hurry. Just because it took me two, three days to recover. Just because I was just so wiped out from it, and then I had to go back to work on the Monday. So, yeah, 
that makes sense. <sighs> and then I signed up for a, an RTT the next week instead. <laughs> yeah. I'm an idiot. How was your? How did your RTT go? Where was it? So this was at Twisted Dice, so my local-ish club. Mm. Um, knowing it was going to be there more kind of flavoursome, less practical terrain, I changed my list mm. and went for a speed mob, um, knowing that basically the terrain would be hit and miss and I might not be able to rely on it. I just thought, right, I'm just going to have vehicles within runs and just shoot the shit out of people. So um, on my first matchup, I went into Grey Knights and the guy hadn't played since the LGT. So it was full of mistakes on his part. And it was really awkward because he was kind of going, oh, shit, I didn't move that one. And it's the wrong great. That's not my um, grandmaster. And it was awful. It was awful for him because he just kept making mistakes. And I was like, I can't help you here. So I just shot him off the table instead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Which was nice. Cause that's you helping him. Like, yeah, I was like, let's end this game. But it was it was good fun. Um, I think he learned a lot because I don't think he'd played against a speed mob before. And I had two Wazbomb Blaster Jets just in his face, turn one, blowing the shit out of his uh, Dreadnoughts, which no one wants. And then, so that was 97.37 for me. So I was like, cool, good start to the day. And I haven't had a coffee yet because all the coffee shops are shut because it was a Sunday and I hate people that do that. Yeah, same. Like, what is that? I was I was livid. I was like, there's, I, I left my town too early that there wasn't coffee. Then I got to Leighton Buzz and I was like, they're not open yet. Cool. So then I thought, cool, let's see what I'm going to face next. And I went straight into Grey Knights again. Okay. It's and it was a guy Why called do you like Adam Wallace. Grey Knights? I don't know. It's Apparently, that's my new thing I have to go up against. Um, it was this guy. It was a nice cool guy called Adam Wallace. It was his first tournament. And he'd been paired into me because he'd, he'd won his first game. It was a lot more of a cagey sort of game. But because essentially his list was a slightly different iteration of the other guy's list. I think they had one different character and the first guy had some paladins whilst he ended up having more of the power armor guys. So essentially I knew roughly what the army was doing. Um, I went first in this game and my two planes took out, I think one dread knight and got one down to two wounds. So he was straight on the back foot immediately. Um, that ended up 93.51. So again, it was just like, I could shoot enough. Um, having two packs of death copters, one that could then shoot and then for a CP high back in terrain was helpful. And then my other squad could also go back into the sky if I wanted. It was really nice because they're my kind of killing units when my planes were dead. Mm. Having them still available and safe was really nice. And I was enjoying that. And then round three came round. I was told by the TO that I was six points off the person that was in first place. I then found out quickly after that that the um, accused cheater, Chris Woods, who'd been uh, <laughs> nah, had nah. dice put into his pocket or Is whatever. Is that the guy who was uh, a victim of a false flag attack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that basically had dice put into his... Um, turns out he, um, he had submitted his score lower than it should have been for the first game. So that he was essentially submarining <laughs> into the last round. Even though he'd scored 97 or that, 98 that, or whatever. That was also the false flag. Yeah. Okay. Oh, um, the false flag attack. I forgot about that. So originally, I was going to be paired into the, the, the Tau Borkan list that um, a local guy was bringing, mm. which I thought, I'm probably not going to win against this. I'm in trouble. So then when the TO spotted this error, it, they, it was then uh, Chris Woods into Corrected. Him. Yes, yeah. corrected. So then I got put into Dark Angels. 
I fought against 40 Deathwing Terminators. And for a change, I got to hear someone else go, only wounds on fours for the oh, entire nice. game. And it was, it was, I think the biggest mistake I made in this game, because it, it didn't quite go my way, was I went too close. I should have just kept him at arm's length and just shot and shot and shot. I kept just trying to charge things occasionally. I was just being stupid, I think. Just being a bit too kind of like aggressive. Um, that ended up 92-48 to Paul. Um, and it was a good game. Um, he had, I think it was nine Terminators left. At one point, his Stubborn Defiance Hill had two Obset guys on it. It was so, you know, just like, just so close, but still so far. And it was it was a really good game. Um, the first turn, I think I'd killed, I think it was a third of his Terminators just in one round of shooting. So wow. it looked kind of like I was going to be all right. And then it just, I think it was turn two, my shots just, I went from rolling kind of threes and fours on number of shots for the DACA, the WAS bombs to suddenly just nothing. It was just like, okay. So it's very swingy. And then only winning on fours with orcs. It's just, it was what I normally rely on is that I can at least wound you easily. And it's just, it wasn't there, but mm. it was a great game. Um, I ended up 12th overall, but I felt really happy with that because I went in with no expectations and it was just like, cool, I can play a serious list and not just turn up with creative lists that actually does more harm to me than good. So it was nice just turning up with a list that had to be, um, precise in how i built it how do you nice. feel how do you feel and question to all three of you how do you feel about the current state of like the game and building your list and putting into it like tom i know you're prepping to play a, uh, probably the most competitive tournament in the world in that setting um like do you feel teams balances it all out or do you feel that there's actually a pretty active top set of top set of uh, uh like armies that can kind of rotate into each other which is quite nice Um, balances it out, sure, because you both have the same opportunity, right? Mm. Um, and over eight players, you're probably going, and over everybody in your country, going to be interesting. Going, you can, accessing models generally isn't an issue, although that might be a less of an issue for me because I I live in the UK, right? It's very easy for me to get hold of models. Mm. Um, and at the end of the day, it's just in terms of lists, yeah, it balances it out in teams. I think. I mean, you're still going to get awful matchups. Yeah, obviously, you know, every individual matchup isn't going to be balanced. That's why busting exists as a concept, right? Mm. And what I mean by that is throwing someone into a matchup knowing they're probably going to lose because you might get better pairing somewhere else down the line, right? I mean, it balances it out because across the eight players, you're probably going to have a similar scenario to the other person or the other team if you've done it properly, right? Or if you've both turned up with the same eight lists, right? Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of balance, it's not really a team's issue. It's a singles issue. Yeah. Mm. Because in teams, you're playing with access to exactly the same thing. Exactly. Right? You're yeah. not like, it's not faction versus faction, it's team yeah. versus team. And you can mm -hmm. pick from the same exactly. set of tools. Whereas yeah. if you're playing one faction and someone's playing another faction, you're not picking from the same list of tools. You're yeah. not even picking from the same, uh, like an equivalent level of tools. Um, mm -hmm. So. That's the beauty of teams, right? It's a bunch of right. people trying to outsmart each other by using the same tools in unique and interesting ways Correct. to yeah. beat the tools that they think their opponent's going to come with out of the same box, basically. Yeah. In whereas, singles, you'll have everybody... <laughs> oh, sorry, you finished, Logan. I'll go on my yeah, no, I was just going to say, whereas singles, it's not, that, it's not that dynamic. It's 
Um, you know, you pick a faction to play. If you're a professional player, you're going to pick the faction that think that you think gives you the best chance of winning, and you see people do that as they rotate. Yeah. Um, some players will play anything they because they just care about playing with the strongest tool they can, which is fine. That's how you should do uh, if you want to take this as a serious professional endeavor. Some people rotate around a selection of factions that they care about. Uh, and pick the one that they feel is the strongest out of that selection. That's another way of doing it, because if you care about the tools that you're using, you will uh, theoretically put more effort and time into becoming a master of them. And some silly idiots are sitting here writing Space Wars and Blood Angels lists in the vain hope that they will scrape some fucking points together. Um, with uh, with singles lists as well, right? You don't go and take a list that you think is going to be out of the competition. Every time you see someone go to a singles event with the expectation of winning the event or trying to win the event, they're going with the expectation they're going to hit certain matchups. Yeah. But not going to like, oh, well, what if I hit um, a full Sisters of Silence army, right? You go thinking, oh, okay, what's off the mess right now? Tau, Custodes, um, Crusher, maybe some GSE and some Drakari, right? Okay. Yeah. So I go thinking, right, those are the ones I'm most likely going to hit. And therefore, I need to take something that I have a plan for each of those, right? Um, and if you hit something that isn't that and you're really bad into it, yeah, it's not a balanced game. But it's not going to be because you ha- you're basically just taking a chance and you're, you're picking up a ha- It's like you're picking your hand again. It's fine not having a balanced game. It's the degree at which it's not balanced. Because if we have a bunch of shit that's over 55... And we've got a bunch of shit that's over 65, which is like win rates are much like decibels. The difference between 53 and 55 and the difference between 55 and 57 are not the same. It's not really near. You are vastly increasing your chance of success um, by just picking that faction out of the gate. Yeah, And having factions with win rates that are consistently plateauing over 60% is a shit time for a lot of people. It yep. really like narrows down what is even viable. Uh, you invalidate yeah. huge amounts of your product range. Um, whereas having a ever-rotating, slightly unbalanced metagame is great for business because it's always shifting and people can experiment and try things. You know, I play orcs and my buggies are not working anymore, so I'm going to go and buy a bunch of squeak hog boys and truck boys and try that out. Um, and actually they work because this book's got internal balance and blah, blah, blah. That's how it should be, right? But you've yeah. got, why the fuck am I playing Death Guard they're fucking useless. They used to be good. Yeah. There's literally no point in me playing them because they're invalidated by a bunch of new books that do what we do even better than we do. And that's kind of shit balance. Um, it's not fun to play in. Mm, okay. I think, I think that's it. John, final, final kind of like say on that. What do you think about putting yeah. all your models out? Like you got, so, you know, you've got Eldar, Tau, Custodes. We haven't really seen the production meta like fully kick in on those. Tau armies already existed. Custodes armies yeah, already existed. Custodes are so easy to already have. Yeah, nothing's really changed. But you're looking at like in a month's time, probably to see the tabletop flooded with all three with enthusiastic, mm. enthusiastic Bro, players. The tabletop all three. is flooded with Tau and Custodes week one. 
Week yeah. two, it's even more so. The reason why the win rates went down from custodies is because there's more mirror matches. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So there was four Tau players at the event I was at on Sunday. Yeah. And two of them were long-term Tau players, That one of which did really badly, but I don't think he'd quite got his head around how his list should have worked. Yeah. And the other yeah. one won the event. <laughs> so there was still kind of the swings to it. Mm. But I've, from what I've seen, a lot of the custodies players seem to have a better kind of. They just seem to always do consistently, even if they're not a great player. Whilst the tail seems to be a bit more swingy. Custodies some... are training wheels, forty k. It's just if you go into forty k playing Space Marines, um, the training wheels Space Marines used to be Grey Knights, and they're yeah. just custodies now. Yeah. Just yeah. A, gu- a guy played the book for the first time against a second time against me. And he scored 79 points. <laughs> I wish I could have scored that the second time I played a book. Mm. That was a beachhead. It's like... I mean, you can with video missions. I'm going to yeah. be honest. Some <laughs> of these secondaries are so easy to achieve. Yeah. But yeah, to me, it's like uh, my list on for Sunday. I planned that I might face custodies. But I was more playing how I felt the terrain was going to go up. And I the, traditionally, whenever I've tried to build lists around dealing with the big one big threat like when space marines were a problem at the end of eighth edition mm. anytime i tried to build lists around doing that with my orcs i fucked it up and then i didn't actually face them so it ended yeah. up being a complete wasted opportunity so i just focused on doing what yeah, my list could do well you can't completely yeah. skew into nah. the matchup nah. you still need to i mean you, you say space marines that's a really good example yeah you always need to have a list that can beat space marines because yeah. at any tournament they will be 30 percent of the field yeah of a bunch of shitters that it's probably not going to be anyone that's good. You might get a handful of people that are yeah. crazy people like uh, Nassim or Mahime um, or um, I can't think of anyone that's still playing fucking Blood Angels. But, you know, people like that that are just crazy yeah. bastards that are making stuff work. Uh, and you still need to be good into Marines because you're going to play. It's, it's very likely that you're going to play Marines. But you need to be good enough to just beat the shitters with your ability and then take into the shit that you'll be playing in the later yeah. rounds. And that's, that's, I presume, is how most people that are good write competitive lists for singles tournaments anyway. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Just take Defcopters and hope that I can shoot some custodies with them. That's all I'm planning for now. <laughs> and if it hits Tau, I just go, cool. Uh, uh, well, okay. I mean, like, I mean, I'm still keen to play with my Orcs, whether or not. Like, it's going to gonna be a shit time you got good me. shit you were painting up squeak hog boys and yeah. stuff like that just yeah just like, got you just got to make them walk around the ruins i don't mind <laughs> that fine. though like i don't mind yeah. that like like i'm like i honestly think it's too top heavy like uh, as you all know i play sigma a lot more than play 40k like and it's a lot more it's a lot more top heavy for me to attempt to get into than it is like with what i already know like and i think logan's point is like as if you were just picking up one game system then 40k's got like lots of it's overly complicated and and not in a good way i think i agree with tom um but like that doesn't mean i don't think you could you could play the basics fine and have a good time probably mm. right because yeah. the setting is i mean i don't know if you guys watch the exodite but like the setting is incredible like it's yeah. you know we talk about marvel for example as a, as a very easy to pick up game that's the reason i'm excited about marvel is i think it's a very easy to pick up game mm. um and it looks like it's super easy to pick up also probably going to play some root as well maybe not competitively but going to play some root again looks very like fun to pick up and play um 40k uh like i just know that i don't have the reps in me i don't have the human time 
even doing well, it professionally. It feels like a job to get good at. I reckon. Like, like I reckon. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like that I, feels fair. Like, you know, I've got huge mad respect for Innes all the time. You know, like the amount of effort and time he puts into that kind of commitment and knowledge base feels pretty high. But like to be on that cutting edge, it feels almost like you have to do it as a job. Close, I would say. I don't know what you guys feel like that, but I feel that's that's fairly fair. Or maybe maybe you don't agree, but... Which you I have suppose... to put a lot of time in or you have to be in the right circles. Mm. Okay. Because if you just surround yourself with people who are talking about their like stuff they've seen, then it's really, really useful, right? Mm. I think it's the most important factor in getting good at the game is just surrounding yourself with other people who know shit and see shit, right? Like, it gives you a springboard, have... yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, not really. It's more just a case of if they're just constantly talking about the game and things they've seen, you just keep on top of stuff passively, right? <laughs> I didn't know about Alex um, with the uh, the tower stuff. Yeah, there you go. Um, by speaking <laughs> to Alex, well, I could have done. I just knew about it because people were talking about it in, yeah, various around me, right? And, and I just picked it up, right? Yeah. 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 Well, I just sit there and I learn things, right? <laughs> I don't go out and find it. I just sit there because I'm in this position now where, I mean, I've been here, uh, you know, a, a long time. Um, not as, as long as some people doing tournaments, but I've been there around almost 10 years now. Mm. I've done WTC, I've done North America, I've done Europe, I've done all these kinds of places, and now I'm in all the chats, right? But I need to be it. Mm. So I just sit in my chats, and I'm like, yes, I've received all the knowledge, right? I don't <laughs> have to go out and do anything. It's what it is. And that's that's honestly, like, I know we I know we make fun of them, but, like, that's why if you actually do want to get good and you don't have those those networks in place... Yep. It is good like signing up for some of these services Actually, because you yeah. get you get access to these communications like they'll do clinics and what have you and you can learn what's going on generally. You might not be able to make the mm -hmm. decisions for yourself yet, but yeah. how can you make decisions when you don't know what the repercussions of yeah. your decisions are? And you I need mean, to be aware of what's going on. And that's a good way of just kind of getting up to speed. You also get the benefit of not top level players to speak with, but like, you know, these discords for a lot of these services have players that are trying to get better as well. And they'll probably mostly be better than, than you when you start out. So hmm. it's good and to have you'll, that. You'll appreciate this, Logan, because I didn't do quite that. But I mean, I, I don't know how much you remember about how I first started getting in. Like, I went to university in Oxford, right? And through there, I went to the Oxford Gaming Club. And that, and that club had Mike Collins, who was at that point the captain of Team Wales, yeah. and BJ Mason, right? And through BJ, I started going uh, up to Nottingham with him and to events with him, where I met Dave Simcox and yeah. Franco Marufo and Josh Roberts and Nathan Roberts, yeah. and I started practicing with Team England, right? Mm. And that, because I met one guy who took me under his wing a bit, right? I got access to all of these awesome people, but also their awesome 40k knowledge, mm. right? Mm. And that's something that was invaluable. And that's kind of, I mean, that's where the value of just getting to know these people is. And as you say, sometimes it is the coaching services because you just literally just pay someone to do it, right? <laughs> yeah, Teach I mean, me. not everyone is going to have access to those kind of networks and you can't kind of like mm. sit there and go, I hope that I meet the right, or, you know, when I speak to this guy, we're going to become great friends because no one's in control of that shit and also those yeah. people are those people are pressed for time yeah. like like this is something like this is a meeting <laughs> this is 
No, I know. I'm being serious. Sorry, I'm just, I just. I was laughing chance. at Nikos as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't go to tournaments due to a BJ. <laughs> uh, mate, I'll, uh, I'll say no slander. Okay, I love BJ. Okay, <laughs> good luck. I bet you do. We all do. Um. Uh. Yeah. I was. I was just saying that, like, you know, as as a very low tier content creator, very low tier. Like, I'm still pretty overwhelmed with messages quite often. Um, and so, you know, if you're if you're in that category where you are one of those people that's far more sought after, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine how much time you spend messaging people or messaging people back. Like, whole jobs. Like, that's why people, that's why big people have, you know, celebrity managers. Like, you know, I'm pretty certain Henry Cavill doesn't tweet off his own Twitter. Uh, pretty certain most of his stuff is done by I don't a PR think he has manager. Well, you know he what I mean, though. No, like... yeah, I get you. <laughs> he has. He definitely has an Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Like so. Uh, anyway, right. Listen, lovely chat with all three of you tonight. Thank you. Um, it's been uh, it's been light. Back next week, um, uh, talking some more, uh, which is going to be really good. Any shout outs from you three this week? No. Oh. I'd like to shout out <laughs> Kit Boga. Kit Boga, yeah, he's a scam baiter. He's good fun. He's a good streamer. I, I've yeah. just learned all about this because Scrivlet watches all this stuff, and he's a very, very talented man that basically just helps rescue people's data that has been uh, scammed out of them by weird call centers, and it's was, fascinating uh, stuff. There was one series he did where he wasted thirty-six hours of yes. one scam by his time. Yeah, 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 it's pretty good. Yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah. What are you, Logan? Uh, I'd like to send a shout out to all of the tournaments that I have helped sponsor with my <laughs> ticket yeah. purchases. Yes. Um, what are you? Your on the, uh, on the I, think I think I've only asked for like two refunds, and that's because I remembered in time. I think the economy is only uh, surviving because of the amount of tickets you've bought and then not used because they've managed to resell them. I wonder if there's a stat for the most tickets bought for the least events attended. I think you win. I absolutely <laughs> easily not even. There's no chance anyone's competing with that. Um, hopefully that. Doesn't... I don't know, but I can think of one name, but I'll say it off air. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, listen. Um, it's been a delight talking to all three of you. Thank you. Um, uh, chat. What up? What up? What up? I'll be back tomorrow. Um, but again, as always, my love to everyone uh, in any war zone around the world. Uh, take care of yourself, stay safe. Uh, if you can reach out to someone who needs to uh, be reached out to, uh, please do. Uh, if it's me, do it. Like, uh, my love to everyone. Uh, take care of yourselves. Uh, I hate old people. Um, and uh, that's it. Thanks for tuning in. See you guys soon. Bye.